Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Lost Remote Podcast. I'm here with Arthur and Zach. And uh, if you're looking for your remote, I know where it is. It's down at the Manhattan Museum of Art. It's in the hands of a Moldavian tyrant who is in a painting. We are talking about Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 starts off five years after the first one ends. Starts off with Dana, and she's um, having to deal with a runaway walker carriage thing that's got her kid in it. And uh, that doesn't turn out too bad, but it's a scary moment for everyone involved. And so she brings in Egon, which in turn brings in the other Ghostbusters. They go and investigate what could possibly be going on. And they discover that underneath the city, there is a river of slime. And boom, 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 business begins to pick back up again. And they are Ghostbusters once again. Will they defeat the evil that is plaguing the city with its odd, spooky goo? (laughs) Gentlemen, Ghostbusters 2. Arthur, are you uh, going to start us off with what you No, I'm not going to come in too hot. Uh, I'll just say... Well, I, ju- I just thought we were going to talk about He-Man. 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 Why? All right, so I'm going to back off on my little spiel because we've talked about it before a ton. Well, I think this is the perfect uh, time to talk about it in depth because I agree with you. Yeah. Um, do we want to jump right into that? Yeah, because yeah, it's it, 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 it's it 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 it's effective at the beginning of the movie because that's yeah. where, folks, five years later, the Ghostbusters have essentially stopped being the Ghostbusters because business dropped or whatever. You know, there's no more uh, massive paranormal uh, antenna. Or lightning rod in the city. Well, it's still there. I don't know. They never really address that, do they? But um, you know, and they're all off doing their own thing, and they essentially have to be the ghost, become the Ghostbusters again. You know, it bothers me that Ray and uh, Winston were hanging out, and yet whenever stuff starts cooking a little more, Winston's not with them. Like well, I know it's I... like, oh, we're doing science time, but like. He's seen yeah, enough. He's done enough. Like, I just well, I didn't understand why initial, he was split for the first third again. I don't know. It, it, it's like it. It's like um, they were kind of doing exactly what you didn't like, which is rehashing the first one. Right, and that's that's so. So what I was gonna say is like I didn't want to like get too much into the overall story arc of that having happened, but like the breaking Winston apart just to bring him back thing, like was unnecessary. He just he's a better part. So anyway, like all right, to rehash. I well, have maybe, maybe he has night classes at business school or something. Yes. That and that leads into the later movie. Um to rehash, I have a a thing with sequels that I call either the Ghostbusters 2 rule or even more so the RoboCop 2 rule. And that's where for some reason sequels decide to like And I mean, like, Home Alone 2, obviously the biggest defender as well. Like, just do the same movie again. Whereas 
to me, a good sequel moves forward with the characters you've established. There's a lot of hate, and I don't understand it. There's a lot of like fun that gets made of Iron Man 2, which I absolutely love. And one of the reasons is Iron Man 2 does have some silly stuff, but like the character moves forward from the first movie. And when you get to three, they do the break them apart, make him an inventor again, what makes him tick. And I think that works effectively to like kind of reignite and realign what he is by the time you get to a third movie. But the sequels, man, like you've just spent a movie that you've watched over and over again, especially, you know, like ones in the eighties and stuff like just to show it to us again. Like that's not what we were looking for in my opinion. And I just, this one always, that always like sticks a little bit of like what could have been with some actual ghostbusters in a city that all saw the same stuff and then acts like it didn't happen in their phonies and stuff and just like forgets that they're there. Like, I don't know. That part sticks with me, but like I let myself have fun with it. I, yeah, 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 definitely. Like the, the I think the issue is uh, they just some people must have like some ideas in their head about what kind of scenes they want because if what I would prefer is they are still ghost busting. It's just you know they're not as super busy as they used to, and they'd have to travel a lot. Whatever we don't even have to go yeah. into that. Uh, real quick to that point, to to do a, a, an interesting parallel with that. I really like the new Watchmen series, and one of the things I like about it is the big time gap that happens there, because like in the Watchmen universe, most of it was street level. It was like people putting on costumes, stuff like that. But Doctor Manhattan existed. And there was this whole like culmination of an event that happened in 85. But like, it wasn't like a new normal superhero world where stuff just always happens. So like, yeah. the fact is it had to pretty much be 2019 or whatever it was set at, you know, roundabouts to circle back. So like Ghostbusters, you just took care of the biggest paranormal super phenomenon and, you know, a hundred, you know, and I don't know, maybe 60 years, I guess, or whatever, but so like it makes sense that they'd be cooled off, but like just going yeah. away. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they would have like business, but it wouldn't be as extreme because we've talked about why, you know, in the metaphysics anyway, why things are happening in New York City in such a concentrated area and in such extreme levels. Um, uh, Brian. Yeah. Real quick. My mom would like you to define when you say metaphysics what 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 you mean by that okay what i'm talking about is the unscientific uh, workings of like what would we we would consider physics like um like nuclear physics and you know kinetic energy and potential energy things being able to um basically i'm trying to describe the supernatural um uh, underlying rules of the universe and creation, meaning what what makes ghosts or supernatural effects tick? Why do they work? What is what is what is the underlying um, rules of a certain universe? Like if yes. magic exists, how does it yes. exist? Yes. Yeah, okay. yes. What is the effect of magic in that <laughs> universe? Like uh, the other day, she goes, "When Brian says metaphysics, what's he talking about?" 
Yeah, that's like, what I'm talking uh, about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yes, that's what I mean. Is like, why does Doctor Strange's magic work? And they talk right. about that, and in 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 Doctor Strange, because they needed to explain it. In Ghostbusters, there's no actual explanation too much. There is some indicators, like they have PKE meters, which I think is paranormal kinetic energy or something like that. Basically, they're measuring the energy in the atmosphere and in the area and localizing it because they've managed to pinpoint what is paranormal energy versus what is regular background energy. And that's what I mean by metaphysics is the, the tower or the hotel as a focal point and drawing in of all this particular type of energy and all the ghosts in the in the vicinity or like phantoms but not actual souls and there's a reason i made that clarification particularly talking about this movie uh they draw on the spare that's being drawn in if you think of it like a mist like a radioactive cloud haha you know that kind of thing and they're drawing in bits and pieces of it while it's traveling to the uh, hotel. But since there's nothing like that happening, I guess, because they don't talk about destroying the hotel or replacing the girders or anything like that, but <sighs> the temple on the top is definitely destroyed. But uh, yeah, but now there's, what, what was our, what, what was I initially talking about? Metaphysics. <laughs> yeah, well, the, 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 the metaphysics of the, I wanted to get back to what I was talking about when you asked what the metaphysics, uh, what the meaning of what I was saying metaphysics meant. It was, I was talking about because that's why they, their business would have died down, but not initially gone away completely. Oh, like, like, like a, like yeah, a remainder, right. like, yeah, just, just like just, they'd been working at normal rate rather than right. the extreme rate that they were because of this incident occurring. But how, where, where would they have been putting ghosts at that point? Like, what, did they get to build their trap again? I imagine that they would have repaired it. I don't know. Maybe didn't. I don't know. Like, it sounds like after the Marshmallow Man went, they. I mean, like, I think they kind of went to zero. It sounds like. Where would they have rebuilt it? Because it seemed like they got their butt suit off and stuff like that. Zach, you got yeah, any? yeah, Walter Peck won. Um, <laughs> they had to pay a lot of EPA fines and then get shut down, and that's why they. Uh, are not allowed to bust ghosts or carry their proton packs or use any of that equipment at the beginning while they get arrested as well. It's because there's so many injunctions against them being able to to practice that because they... Walter Peck is just doing his job. Have you ever seen those <laughs> <right>. movie posters? <laughs> yeah. The ones where it's like so, the antagonist reimagined reimagine for the movie, and it's like Walter Peck he, is doing his job. <laughs> so it sounds like that y'all's main argument with this is... Uh, I'm going to say is actually studio interference because originally this was not supposed to take place in New York. It was supposed to venture out to expand their universe, but you had a studio that wanted to condense a budget. And according to the head of the studio, Bill Murray was no longer a draw for movies because he was semi-retired. And that yeah, is who would want to why, go to another Ghostbusters? Yeah, and that's another reason why there was such a long break between Ghostbusters projects with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis is because that's where they also got their points in the series. So it's uh, Bill Murray did it for free for a stake in the movie, and Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, Ivan Reitman matched them, did Ghostbusters two for stakes, mm. no upfront paycheck. 
did they get to eat the steaks? Yeah, over years. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, Brian. I and Arthur, I, I agree with you. The Winston thing at the beginning, um, I agree that if you're going to bring them in for the uh, little kids party at the <laughs> up front, you should have just had them there with you while you were going underneath. You could have you could have thrown all four of you in to the court case. It, court case. Yeah, it yeah. bothers me that he's pushed back out. I I just get bothered by the core three thing after what they went through in the first movie and what? them obviously Ray and Winston staying, you know, tight. Because they like, they showed a good so, bonding in the first movie, real quick. Yeah, I and I think I think that maybe Winston, there might have been more to that conversation about Ghostbusters doesn't exist and stuff. And Winston's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Unless there's actually something going on. I'm not going to investigate stuff because I imagine they've been investigating paranormal stuff. He's just probably like, I'm done with it. And there's no longer a steady paycheck involved. So, Mm -hmm. but I mean, like, it just seems like he would have seen enough to like, well, and I what? also think that the reason why they have to reaffirm them guys <laughs> ourselves with Ghostbusters is I think that the city, county, and state of New York, along with the EPA, did a pretty effective smear campaign yeah. to be like, look, we they created this. This wasn't real. I mean, we all saw the Marshmallow Man, but that was just, you know, they released their hallucinogens and they cracked the street somehow. You know, I think yeah. they, they released a pretty effective smear campaign against them. Yeah, but uh, I think with Winston, yeah, he probably had other things to do because that's what we gather if you want if we want to incorporate afterlife into this yeah winston doesn't stop for nothing no i i yeah he he'll he basically he was just getting his shit together at this point and i think when when he obviously will look back at like the first movie's uh memories he has and then the second movie's memories he has and then think of them fondly obviously and that's where he gets his sentimentality in the in the afterlife yeah and i and i think brian right after the court case when they're like see winston shit's going down again he he was full you know boom i'm back in the firehouse let's get rocking okay i'm I'm okay with that now i get it it just it just i understand i understand where it bothers you because no no arthur we're we're uh, kicking him out for a while my argument is totally post hoc. I agree. He could have been more involved, but yeah. um, that me, it, it makes sense that he would be, you know, down the business and then because he, he obviously loved being a Ghostbuster. Yeah. yeah. And you go back to the line of the first the first movie. If there's a steady like you mentioned, Arthur, if there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe whatever you tell me. Uh, and they're doing work and not really not getting paid. ever dodge away from the real line. Yeah. Oh, OK. Uh, if there's a steady paycheck involved. I'll believe any of the shit you say. <laughs> it is so perfect. Um, the other, so I do want to bring Afterlife into this uh, just slightly without really giving anything out from it. We already the did. The rapid character change of Janine reminds me of third act of Afterlife. Yeah. I didn't love Janine completely. Well, changed. All right, all right, they, stop, they, stop, they, stop. They, go ahead, Brian. Stop. I'll let you do it. Uh, we're gonna do our sweet treat now. Okay. Janine. <laughs> Eight seconds in. Sweet treat. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, because I was waiting for it to be brought up, because I know I mentioned it probably last week or something. Arthur's correct. Janine has an extreme character change from one to two, and. She seems in Afterlife 
to have reverted back to form. Now, this is actually addressed in the cartoon series. The reason for Janine's change is that she has found what I, I, I can't quite recall the episode's name, and I, and, but she's found like what would be the equivalent of a genie. And she has been making alterations to herself in order to better attract the opposite sex, a.k.a. Egon. This doesn't work out, and the Ghostbusters actually, like Egon, I believe, one of them, I believe, I think it's Egon, notices the changes from initial Janine to this Janine, and they've been happening, happening subtly throughout the years, right? And um, they basically have to deal with that because it's basically eating her soul and <laughs> stuff like that. So they fix her after Ghostbusters 2. Uh, it's funny you mention that because, like, it does feel like it's there's like fifth, I don't know what percent, it's not a huge percent, but there's like 10 to 15 percent animated series seeping into this movie, yeah. And like, the rest is like the first Ghostbusters movie kind of fighting against it. Yeah. It feels like, like, I think the Fratelli, what are the brothers? The Scalari brothers, Scalari brothers, uh, Big scary, like those, and then you've got it. They feel a little more animated series just because they're more like defined and like have more character, not in a bad way. Okay. But like when the Titanic passengers show up, those feel like, you know, whenever the, you know, uh, I believe it's magic scene and stuff like yeah. that. It's kind of funny how there's like that, like both Ghostbusters combos. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't fully animated series slimer even though they partially do yeah, it's like yeah. there's there's some weird seep in like i wonder what the movie looks like if the animated series was never made but i also don't want the animated series to not have gotten made yeah so you mentioned the school uh the scolari brothers uh those are jake and elwood blues those are the blues brothers that's who those oh. characters are based off of that's those funny. ghosts are based off of them i didn't know that out. Zach Mike dropped after that. <laughs> well, as far as the Scolari brothers go, I want to I want to address that. So like the Scolari brothers aren't actually the Scolari brothers aka the like the spiritual souls of them. It's just like a psychic projection from the judge basically because he he knew exactly who it was. It's no coincidence that the judge knew who these two were. And he the is the ooze brought them out. Yes, yeah. they the ooze produced them out of uh, essentially uh, anger and wrath from the judge, and it produced these two individuals and mm -hmm. or these you know. Right, it's not phantoms. so. Yeah, the animated series stuff could be more from the ooze. Yeah, there's a lot of slime in the animated series, obviously, because you know the slime. But I mean, just more like because it's like more like defined. It's like memory built rather than actual ghost built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there, like these. It's like that's mostly what the ghosts and Ghostbusters are: is a bunch of uh, m like just repeating phantasms, as they call them. Basically, it's just a program running over and over again. Back to metaphysics. Um, that's basically what they are. They're just they're not real souls. They're just being they're beings that are produced and have no real uh, 
they they ha maybe have a sense of free will, but not a whole lot. They're running on a lot of high thought instinct. There's some really good production photos, just like on Google Images for Scolari Brothers, <laughs> like the cost, like the costume elements and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Um. Uh, all right. So, like the actual movie, <laughs> I don't. I, did you get to see Ghostbusters two in the theater? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm what three years older than you. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I specifically remember just the unbelievable hype and like you know oh yeah no movie can live up to that but when we get the first scene with a runaway carriage i'm like it's the crusty the clown with the cigar doing the what the hell was that <laughs> you know i was like what is this movie <laughs> I, it was not what i was looking for right at the start uh -huh. but i mean like it, especially after seeing something like afterlife which was like we've talked about, like I, I liked, I didn't love, uh, it is nice to get this second piece in the style with everybody together. Um, the, the little parts that are just like different, like the Janine thing, you know, like some of the, the rules or like how stuff applies. It's, it sticks out a little bit, but like overall you get some really good spooky stuff like the, you know, like how good is the uh, the ghost with the stroller that shows up for Oscar and stuff yeah. like that? Like, there's some really cool. Like, they still made a a good Ghostbusters sequel. For me, the best moment in this movie is when uh, Winston, Ray, and Egon are down in the sewer line or in the subway line, and they're teasing Winston, right? About the rats and what. Yeah. And uh, I guess whatever the ghosts, whatever it was down there, if it was Vigo or not, who knows? Paying attention to where they were. <laughs> but it, it picked up on that. Let's tease Winston. <laughs> and so they all do the echo thing, like, hello, hello. <laughs> and then when Winston does it, there's nothing, and then it just says his name, Winston. Winston's response is He's like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah, that was amazing. I love that scene. I don't think we should go any further without the packs. That's what they do. Like, when that happens, like, I think we should get the proton packs before right. we go any further. Can we also talk about the best little bit of tuning something? The do Ray Egon. Uh, rare <laughs> sick burn from Egon. Yeah. Obviously so, Ray said Ray. I just like that they got the blockbuster tie-in in the courthouse scene. Do y'all remember that? Uh when they when they nail the Scolari brothers and it's the two in the box, ready to go, we be fast and they be slow, and it's wow, and then it used to be the commercial blockbuster video. I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember. <clears throat> but whenever, Arthur, you mentioned that you were surprised when you see the opening sequence of this. I was stoked whenever I was a child and this came out. We had probably seen Ghostbusters a thousand times. Yep. And then in 1989, it, I didn't get to go watch it at the movie theater because we didn't go watch movies at the movie theater when I was a kid very often. 
So when the VHS comes out and we have it, and Brian and I are at Grandma Carol's, <laughs> we watch Ghostbusters 2 with Cody and Mark. Mark. We, I was all in. It was, it was the two movies were the greatest things I'd ever seen. And as I've got older, I realized that they are not, the second one is not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it still has that childhood there was the nostalgia hype. to I it. I mean, I, I love, I, I remember when I was a kid, I still remember the first time I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I remember the trailer. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I remember seeing it. Oh, I mean, yeah. like, it it's still fun. I mean, like, we'll we'll talk about the Statue of Liberty stuff like that. Like, I'm not, I, I, like, it sounds like I'm, it's painful for me to watch it. It's not. I enjoy it, but it's like it's 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 got that uh, <laughs> it's that kid whose older brother went through school and was the valedictorian and the MVP of the team and stuff like that. And you got to live up to that. Like, it's just impossible. Right. Like, so I just, you know, we're breaking, breaking down the comparisons here. Like I want, I want to state that I, I do really enjoy this movie, but it just has some of those sequel sins that we, yeah, you know, it, it's got so much fun stuff like Vigo, like, you know, it. it's just, it becomes that thing of like, if I'm going to watch one of them, I'll just watch Ghostbusters twice, probably. Yeah. Like, so what, yeah. what I enjoy about this as well is the, uh, I, I do enjoy that you get to see the little bit of uh, technological advances that they make in five years. Like you get, you see him catch the ghost with the trap, just running through the running through the park and then, yep. you know, just the little subtle things like, you know, that Egon and Ray were not, not working on more equipment during their, their, uh, lull in business. So, right. which also I think plays into afterlife a little bit. Um, you know, it's yeah, they... not absurd that other stuff would have been worked on. You know, there's always yeah. tinkering. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I really like the, uh, the laser trap mm-hmm. the in the, in the store. The... Yeah, and it destroys all the crystal. Well, I mean, it <laughs> when the ghost captures gets busted. all the ghosts. Mission successful, <laughs> yeah. all the crystal comes crashing down because mm-hmm. it's floating. The flowers are still standing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess speaking of afterlife, you know, and the pop-out chair from the—I mean, we see it. It's just not popped out. It's the one Peter's sitting in in their montage when they're doing the part of that montage from inside the car and Ray's doing the driving. And yeah. Drive, I'm talking about. Peter's sitting in that chair. Yeah. I'm not so, sure. I can. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Zach highlights on this movie for you. I really enjoy, um, Peter, uh, when he first starts, I don't know, trying to woo Dana again, um, and not just at that her apartment, but when he goes to see her at the museum, mm-hmm. and I enjoy his interactions with, uh, oh, the the uh, Janos. Sorry, I can't yeah. think of his name for a second. Janos. I enjoy how he teases Janos and pokes at him, and, yeah. and you know. And that's that's what I really enjoy, and then I also enjoy when they get the uh, the Statue of Liberty to walk. <laughs> I I really Beautiful. love I really love this scene. Just when they all go into the museum, 
and you know Peter's taking the photos. That was so deliberate. Like you could tell, it's like who out of all of us could possibly generate an emotional response from a, mm -hmm. a spirit within a painting? Yeah. Oh, I bet it's Peter. <laughs> yeah. Well, the best the, you you forgot the best part about that is when they first show up. And he's like, "Suck them in, boys. We're the Ghostbusters." <laughs> yeah, that's that one sticks with me. I like the uh, line uh, from Egon. Uh, like to do some gynecological tests on the mother. Yeah. Who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Dana. That's obviously one that went over my head as a kid. And the uh, Jiminy Toys Egon. We had a slinky. I straightened it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, all right, Lewis Tully, uh, lawyer, was. I love that part. Yeah, uh, and one time I turned it into a dog, and they helped they me. Help me. <laughs> the nah, there's so face. many good lines I, and I interactions. Also... Like, let's be honest, I would watch this group of people with like a cooking show, right? Like, I mean, like everything they do is is entertaining together. Um, I, I enjoy that Lewis uh, or Peter's testimony with Lewis. Do you have any more questions? Do I? No, we've helped them enough so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and what I'm trying to say is, kitten. Sometimes. <laughs> shit happens. Yeah. Somebody and has to deal gonna, with it. Yeah. Who are you gonna call? Where are they now? Is is entertaining as much as I don't like the having to build back and like go through the same rigmarole of like meet with the city. Oh, we already did yeah. save you once. You guys don't remember it. Blah blah blah. Uh, well, you know, the psychic almost, show hosted by Peter is great. Almost one third of them voted for the mayor again. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Lenny, you be responsible for the lives. Millions. First, first of all, Peter's psychic show fits right in with Ghostbusters, with him and Ghostbusters one. And I love what he's like, mm -hmm. most, most credible psychics won't come on here. They think you're a fraud. I am a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like that. And to all you out there, whatever he does, and just touches his head and sends out the psychic message. Yeah. No, it's perfect. Like, that That bit's fun. I'm telling you, they missed Ghostbusters 3. If they missed it by years, it should have been on the, the uh, taking place at a Holiday Inn. <laughs> oh, for the... <laughs> I think it's best left that that was just some lady who got picked up by I... some dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shoveling some bullshit story. <laughs> so her husband doesn't get upset or some crap. You must have used some kind of ray. Ray. Mind control, mind device. control device. And then Peter turns around and tells Steve, Stance, leave her alone. <laughs> get her. What? Uh, <clears throat> all right, so what else? Like, if you're telling somebody ray. why to watch this movie, what do you say? It's the sequel to Ghostbusters. <laughs> that, that's what I'm telling them. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is the sequel to Ghostbusters. I mean, it doesn't have all the... It's not as awesome as the original. And it's kind of hard to sell it based on that, like, uh, as its own thing. It's probably best watched as a pair if you're going to watch the second one. I think it stands uh, up enough. It it does have some cool yep. stuff. Like the there 
the Vigo stuff's pretty creepy. You know, I, probably I the think, creepiest stuff in the movie. I think to the majority of people, you tell them, oh, you watched Ghostbusters, go ahead and enjoy it. Like, not not everybody's going to get in the weeds as people that watched it 100 plus times as kids did. Right? Yeah, like, definitely. Like, it's yeah. just going to be another chance to see icons of the 80s together. Rick Moranis not getting punched in New York. Wow. <laughs> I want to talk about why I mentioned the difference between, like, just some phantom ghost and an actual spirit slash soul. Brian, why did you mention the thing you just said? Well, that's because Vigo is a soul. That mm. is actual soul of Vigo. And we see the difference of how the, the streams affected him rather than the regular ghosts. They didn't entrap him or swirl around him. They just hit him. Mm. And they never capture him. He is sent on to the great beyond. That's interesting. Yeah, they, des- they, they destroy what's hold the uh, the device that's holding his soul. Well, they don't even. It's just altered. It's it's yeah. It's altered behind them. Whatever whatever that sorcerer did to it is no longer in effect. Well, I mean, you know, it's because or he no person. longer had the will to maintain his presence. Yeah. Which, the the painting was an anchor. It yeah. was known as an anchor. It was holding him there, uh, more than likely at, at by his own design. It's because of his prediction when he was dying. You know. It's not a prediction. Is, it, was, it was a promise. Yeah, death is but a doorway. Time is but a window. I'll be, I'll back. be back. Because he probably already set it up. He probably saw his own death coming. And, and as we heard well, in the movie, he had a rather extended execution. <laughs> so he was holding in there. They pretty much had to destroy his body in order to make him dead. Which, I mean, to those... Um, to the uh, Harry Potter fans out there, the painting was a horcrux. Yeah. That's basically what it was. It, his soul was in there. And it's a guy like that, that kind of thing. That's pretty dope. I haven't thought about that. That's what it was. So you heard it here. J.K. Rowling stole the horcrux from Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's older than that, but, you know, whatever. Nice. <laughs> Time began with Ghostbusters 2. Two. Yes. There was no, there's no record of existence prior to Ghostbusters. In the Castle of Pain, I sat on a chamber of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> what was will be, what is will be the Half-Blood Prince no more. <laughs> uh, have you ever looked up the stuff on like the actor who played Vigo? Yeah, well, that's the guy who voiced him. The voice well, is different. Yeah, the guy who plays the body, I think they talk about just like how much of an a hole he is. It's kind of a fun read if you look it up sometime. Like, looking for the actual actor who did the voice. I think it's the actor because they had to actually be on set with him. There's yeah. just some like threads about him just being a miserable POS or something, I believe. Well, he had to look, so. Yeah. Obviously, he was, he was in, cast as Vico. He was also in Die Hard. Yeah. Where is the guy? Wasn't as old in that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Zach, you're pro Statue of Liberty, right? Yeah. I, 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 it's just fun whenever I was a child. It's, it is, and I agree. It's... The one that this is when I talk about the little bit of the animated series eking in 
Yeah, uh-huh. the concept of them pulling out Nintendo controllers <laughs> and wiring them to the Statue of Liberty. No, I love that. I love to have the super controller. I, well. I what I'm what I'm saying is, <laughs> it was kind of cool in the first to have everything tied to stuff that seems functional. Like it is nuclear reactors and stuff. Like they they definitely wizarded it, wizarded their tech together pretty quick, and it was amazingly yeah. functional. But like running up to the Statue of Liberty, spraying it with ooze, and making a Nintendo controller work, pretty wild. I like that's where I say it just gets a little more animated series. Oh, that's that's far fetched. Not the fact that they could get nuclear reactors and get them to shoot oh, a stream hey, 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 and hey, control hey, it. Hey, 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 that, hey, that's not far. a nuclear that's reactor. Particle I'm sorry, they're unlicensed there. nuclear accelerators on their backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But just all I'm saying. I get what you're saying. They felt a little more grounded until that, but it's awesome at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's it awesome. Is, like, it's, like well, so, yeah, so like that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I might be able to help with the mechanics as to why the hell if that <laughs> remote would even work. So I'm it's, pretty sure, in and this would have taken way longer than it than they took setting it up. But like, it would have been they had the speakers connected. So only certain parts of it would be animated at a time so they could control its motion. Mm. Basically, that's what have been that would have been it. So certain parts of it would have been hearing the music. Other than that, I don't know. It's 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 great. I'm I'm pro Statue of Liberty too. I was just playing a little devil's yeah. advocate. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does feel a little more animated series mixed into the yeah. into the movie. Brian, pro or uh, I'm pro because the epicness of the moment where they're going through the streets playing it's just, the song. It's so cool. Uh, I only wish they'd put forth a little bit more cash to just fill those streets oh. with extras mm-hmm. rather than wow. measly amount we got. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. I've seen this movie so many times and you mentioned just a second ago Vigo's voice. I, I did not know that it was Max von Sydow. Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, he's in a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. I just never, never. I just it's finally a, scrolled down far enough. I just like never to play nice. with things before I kill. Before been, I, not I, I, been in I the know. Movie I know as... the guy that played the bailiff. Where he was from. <laughs> <laughs> he was the shape in uh, Halloween: The right. uh, Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> Glad we got that solved. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who did Jim Barney play in this? <laughs> no, this this movie is good enough. It doesn't need the Barney. yeah. It doesn't need Jim Barney. Yeah, I also enjoy uh, Kurt Fuller. I'm a big fan of Kurt Fuller. Whenever you get to see him and stuff, so Kurt Fuller's the mayor assistant. Hmm. I had him committed to. <laughs> That's Kurt Fuller. Yeah, he gets real mad at him. Yeah. Well, I mean, get, he, he get me the Ghostbusters. You what? <laughs> slime, slime squares, time, time square slime, slime square. And you get the cameo from Bobby Brown, who sang the theme song for this one. Yeah. I like the remix of the song. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As on our own. <laughs> no, the. There's oh, a real the like, one. Yeah. I mean, they're too hot to handle, too cold to hold. 
Too hot to handle, too. Call Try to battle my boys. It's not legal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah. I I agree on. I want. I just want to go back to the whole idea that I kind of wish that they were still like marginally ghost busting at the beginning of this. Right. You know, and maybe doing. They could still had all the scenes, you know, but. You know, so we're like, yeah, we're occasionally going out. But, you know, as an employee, I don't think Winston was hit as hard <laughs> by all the lawsuits and restrictions. Yeah, that's how, that's how uh, Winston was able to become a successful businessman in Afterlife. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to pay all the fines. <laughs> he doesn't have all that <laughs> shit on his record. He can get he can get loans that they can't get anymore, <laughs> and I, I want to point out that you know Ray lost that house he was born in after it goes. Yeah, oh blood. yeah, it's gone. He definitely I regretted was this. Born Ray. there. <laughs> yeah, Ray. And I was just disappointed that Bill Murray likes calzones, or that Peter Bankman likes calzones. <laughs> Man, I was. <sighs> I mean, zones or pizza, I would I would have got onto Ray so bad when I'm like, what do you mean Thai food's too spicy? I mean, it it, it is it can get spicy, but that would have probably hit the spot, you know. I just like how you could tell that they've been like doing nothing but spending their nights researching this shit. Yeah, well, and they're also so busy that they're just living out of uh, <laughs> two beds. restaurants yeah like you can see the two beds in the scene when they're when they're doing the when uh it's right after when dana has the incident with the tub they call and ray picks up and he's got that thing on his head and it's attached to the slime in the jar and they got the music playing with it and uh they have all the info that they found on Vigo so far and and egon and ray talk about it and you can see behind them there are two beds like cots with mm-hmm. like some pillows and like that's where they they like crash you know they're like well, always on call or something yeah i, I think that uh the re- it's probably uh yeah the, whoever's on call but i also think that ray is uh with his bookstore and that's all he's going i mean peter had a show so he has his own apartment so i think he's going home every night you know like they unlike in the first one when they were uh, they were all living there because that's the only place they had to live Right. Win- yeah. Thank goodness Winston stays late too. Yeah. Yeah. Winston again, the unsung Ghostbuster saves the day as he rescues uh, Ray and Egon by chopping into the dark room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we going to do? Put our heads in the toilet? <laughs> this also has the uh, uh, a line that. I laughed at so hard when I was a kid, but didn't understand until recent or well, not recently, but till years later when after they get out of the river of slime and they're in their long johns and they run into the restaurant and uh, Peter, boys, boys, you're scaring the straights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Laughed at that when I was a kid. Didn't know why. I just thought it was kind of fun. Ha ha. You're scaring the people. And then I was like, oh, I get it. He's calling them gay. Oh, I don't think I so. Don't think no, so. they're it's straight laced. Yeah, normies. Oh, These upper well. crusty regular. I, I, yeah. I, the reason I took it that way is because they're in their in their underwear. Nah, 
I, I think it's I think it's completely normies. Oh okay. yeah, it's, it's normies. Yeah. Well, then I really appreciate that I misinterpreted that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow, Zach. Ooh. <laughs> Way to go, Zach. Well, I mean, you know, the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, it it certainly it certainly (laughs) could have been stuck in there or something. But no, it to me it was absolutely uh, yeah, straight laced, normal people, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, anything else to call out from the main part of the movie? Mm. All right. so, oh, oh, I do have something. So here's my problem with the way it, this is not from uh, necessarily this, but it's from Afterlife. Whenever she's uh, McKenna Grace is shooting the proton pack and she's in control of it so well, Lewis shows you that it's not easy to control the proton pack whenever yeah. he shoots the museum and shoots the whole side of the museum. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk because. I think it's totally fair that now that we we doing done Ghostbusters one and two, we can talk about some afterlife stuff a little bit more <laughs> in relation. That was part of my apprehension about the movie was that this in this movie in particular, Egon says, "Hey, the proton pack's not not a toy." <laughs> you know, going back to your um, cameo, yeah. but um, <laughs> it's like. It's heavy. It's expressed that it's super heavy in this movie. And it's not easy to control. And that, that's expressed in both the films. It's just, it's the, and I forgive the movie for that, but I still wish they, they, they throw so much member berries as we talk, as I endlessly rambled on about in that movie that they forget other things that are important to the, actual core concepts of the movie that they did with afterlives like the these well, things are difficult to control and handle yeah i i will put maybe an actual caveat on that brian what i was saying is egon and the rest of them are getting older yeah. so maybe egon found a way to reduce the kick where it makes it easier to control <laughs> i don't think so he was but, he was yeah. tinkering he was tinkering <laughs> But it's just like, man, you see Lewis fire that thing up, and he's about to take out the the Statue of Liberty next to it because he can't control it. <laughs> well, I, I feel like the well, Lewis Tully, I think, would be weaker than Egon's granddaughter. Uh, well, I think he just didn't know because I believe that is the first time he's ever used one. <laughs> right. So he was prepared. And, and, I imagine and there is it's the... like um, holding something that's, um, you know, when you're dealing with powerful magnets. Yeah. That's what I would imagine using one of those feels like. There's like an invisible force pushing it side to side and back and forth. You're like, what is this craziness? Well, and then and then also thinking about it now is Lewis holds it more in front of him, whereas mm-hmm. they're holding it using their body to help brace. Yeah, they, they, so they're... maybe that's why she was able to control it, too, is maybe she well, <laughs> after not... she shot it the first time, was like I might need to pull this bad boy a little closer. Use the body weight. I was really hoping that they would do like you know, Paul Rudd be more involved instead of doing what they actually did with him. Because I'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, they they did a little too too much in the Still wrong fun. direction for me personally. Yeah. Well, Still fun. Still leads us a good jumping off point for more. Well, I, I believe. 
I have also, I've also mentioned my uh, thoughts on that too. I'm also Brian. I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm ready for them to just let it go. Yeah. Um. What What I found. Okay. I'm going to talk about MCU uh, for a second. Yeah. Uh. When I went to go see Endgame. I have never felt this way after the end of a movie because I'm someone who likes long epic stories. And this is, this comes from my years of playing D and D and other games. You know, I like things to continue. You know, we deal with our characters, we see where they go, that kind of thing. And I often don't like there to be an end more. And in our games, they often ended prematurely anyway. I just like the stories to continue because I believe they, you know, it's like the never ending story, you know, that kind of explanation. Things continue on, but they're different. In Endgame, I felt a sense of closure to the entirety of the MCU, which is probably going to be hurting them in the long run. Like, I was like, this, I would be almost okay. I'd, I'd be pretty okay if they never made another one after that movie. Even though there's so much more Marvel stuff, I know they could have had. Like I've I've never felt like that. Like it it, it it shocked me. I was like, wow, I would be like almost okay if this was the end of them doing any MCU stuff. But I knew better. I knew that I already knew that they were planning on going forward, and there's too much of a cash cow. Yeah, you know, there's happy phase four is coming. That, I, like I mean, like yeah, if it would have been it, like well done, like everybody can rest. But like, I do like that instead of like trying to be like all right well we need to get steve back as steve and we need to do this they're like continuing to move time forward mostly and we're building up young avengers and stuff like that like to me like i'm still moving that's that's what i'm I'm talking about the never-ending story like that not normally i'd be on there but i've never felt a sense of i and i understand that because they did do it yeah i mean like i i would have been okay but i still wanted more i didn't i didn't need to see captain america again uh, I would have been fine if they retired the uh, the mantle. I, I was fine. I, I was fine with the Captain America. I, I, I've actually been like, you know, Batman Beyond has brought me to this point and, you know, the Captain America stuff because I know they've done like, I don't know how many different Captain Americas. It's like, you know, there is only going to be one Batman. Deal with mm-hmm. it. He is eventually going to be dead. Anyone can call themselves Batman again, but it's not Batman. That kind of thing. And like, I think that anyone... gets handled with what they're doing with Cap. Like, well, yeah, that, just, that, they're not that doing does. anything with Cap. And, they're just and calling Falcon it, and the... like. Oh, no, they are. I don't like well, the mantle thing. I don't even like it with oh, the Black you. Panther. The, sh- the shield is heavy. Like, that's one of the things. And I like stuff like that. Like, it's. It is, it, there is a legacy, there is a role, there is still a shield. You know, he wants to see it carried on. Like, whether or not you do type of thing, right? Like, he still sees, that's, like... That's not, that's... That, I know, like, he wants the spirit of America to continue on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is Captain America. Yeah. And that's it. He was so unbelievably good in that role. Yeah. Like, Unbelievable. And I'm yeah, I'm not even talking about the the actor, even though yes, he he was awesome in it. I'm talking about the character, Steve yeah. Rogers. Like that's, he, that's, he was Captain America. That's it. That's just because Chris Evans is so good at playing uh, comic book heroes, comic book characters. He's done it like a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> Three, four, seven. All right, name them. 
<sighs> there's the Human Torch. There's Captain America. There's the character he played in Scott Pilgrim. There's the person he, the losers. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Fourth uh, floor. There's, there's literally more. I just can't remember them all. But yeah. I think there's like seven of them, six or seven. Well, of them. that wouldn't stand up in court, Zach. So, eh, eh. yeah, you, <laughs> you thought on. of the same four I thought of. So, <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, I thought of the anyway, same four I've seen. My point on that is, is like, you know what? I, I feel like we need to, and and I know why they continue to do this mantle stuff. It's because it's it's easier to be less creative. <laughs> it's right. like. And then they're, these characters are so popular, they just want to move them forward. Uh, but I'm just like, I, it kind of diminishes the character after a while. Like, like what? how many Batmans are you going to get? I think there's success to some legacy characters. And I think if you do storytelling, you need to show ones that are failures and holding the mantle, too. Like they, I don't know. How, how, how often have they done that? They did in the in the... The new, the second Captain America, they showed him as a failure in the series. There was a guy who's picked to be Captain America. Okay. And he fails in that role. Like he breaks down. He's not right with the headspace and stuff. I just, I, like, it's just me. I don't like the idea of like mantle passing on. Like, I, the whole thing I like with Black characters. Panther being yeah. like a legacy thing for their king or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even like that. I just wish like he was Black Panther and that was it, even though. Well, then Not he really wouldn't have so. made it. Like, he wouldn't have been one if there hadn't been one passed out. No, no. That's not how it works. What, who, yeah. was, who was Captain America before Steve Rogers? Then? No, I'm talking about Black Panther. Well, that's their story. That's why they're, that's how they're, like, you know, justifying their being uh, a mantle passing. They made it that way in the, in, the, in the movies. No, in the comics, too. Well, fine. In the co- I just don't like that. I think it, okay. it'd be better. Like, I, I want it to be more owned by him right you know that kind of thing i think it's character specific not everything has a mantle that can be passed but uh, some have legacies and well stuff. i i just happen to notice that it's mostly the popular characters that get mantle passed okay so two more okay. is uh push and tmnt arthur push was not a comic book prequel comic no, I came when out right, that's right at the same, it was When they made the movie, they, came, they brought it out. <laughs> but and then what did he do with TMNT? He was Casey oh, Jones. The voice acting one? Yeah. I don't count that. Okay. We're talking act, like... Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, but like... I was just it's pointing <laughs> out that he's really good tertiary. at playing characters. Yeah, he's great. And you named the four that I can think of. Yay. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> All right, we are all around. Way off topic. Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So like know. we see legacy stuff a little different. Like I get what you're saying as far as like milking a cow till it's done. Yeah, and but I also it, it, it I feel it's a lot more diminishing, specifically I, if the character that's being passed to already has an identity. Yeah. Did Did you ever read any Astro City? No. Kurt, I don't, I may butcher his last name. Kurt Busiek, who's a pretty darn good comic writer. You butcher. Decided latish 90s to start doing a series of his own characters in a real time uh, storytelling. Uh huh. 
didn't mean like next week when he released an issue, he couldn't do something from back in time, but he set up a world where every year passed. And so like, you know, if there was like five years where he like came back to the current timeline, stuff would have changed. And so there was some interesting legacy characters in there and stuff that wasn't and just, it was a real cool world. He wound up setting up between however many issues he did. Cause they would go back. There would be stuff talked about, like the dark times in the seventies, and eventually you get to those stories and stuff yeah. like that. It just, it had a really well fleshed out timeline, uh, and like who influenced who and things like that. When there was legacy stuff, there was pretty good influences or children or you know things like that that lined up with it. I I really like Astro City. It's a yeah, yeah. That, that my my feeling on the whole mantle passing stuff is like, I want the loss of the character like it'd be a whole lot of bite to it yeah and when you do mantle passing it kind of like a spider-man to a spider-man to a spider-man yeah it's just like oh whatever yeah uh do you have a backup sweet treat or are we moving on to no that was it you know janine did indeed janine have a have a (laughs) bit of a character change (laughs) Just say that, like in every way, not just her looks, like her behavior changed. <sighs> it was it was pretty it, extreme. Yeah. Uh, rankings. Yeah. Let's rank it. Uh, this should be number nine for the season. Zach, you want to go first? Get it. Sure. Um, or top let me hear where three. What are you looking at, Zach? Your top three are Ghostbusters, Lost Boys, Gremlins. Your bottom three: Basket Case Two, Double Dragon, Scary Movie. Okay, it's going to fall between the top three and the bottom three. So, okay. right. let's start off around <laughs> the number eight position. <laughs> Jeez, going up or going down? Use letters here. It's Excel. All right. So, Evil Dead Two, Adam's Family Values, Evil Dead, Frankenhooker, Edward Scissorhands, Pumpkinhead. Okay, okay, okay. Go above Evil Dead Two. Monster Squad, Scrooge, New Nightmare, <laughs> Evil Dead Two. Okay, I will put this above Evil Dead Two, and it's just yeah. from when I was a little kid, and I liked it that much. It's okay. It's still so good. Yeah. It's fun. Like, okay, folks, it's we fun. did not hate this movie. We just no. Wanted... It's just really like hard to Ghostbusters. watch. After the first I'm going to say this: we like Ghostbusters so much, we we know how much better it could be. Yeah. So and y'all this have could the... have been a little bit better, if not. I know y'all like. I think I think there was about 25 percent off the mark. Yeah. And that okay. that that can be a little jarring. That's all. So the joke about this movie that hurts me the most is on Big Bang Theory when they buy the box of um, movie memorabilia. <laughs> like, look, it's an original script of Ghostbusters with slime on it. Oh, Ghostbusters 2. And they just throw it back in the box. <laughs> oh, eggs on that show anyway. It's like, uh, have you heard about the box that came out with Afterlife? I yeah. love it. They got the Afterlife, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, but they there seems to be a fourth one that was missing. Yeah. 
Well, because they're doing a cinematic series. Yeah, I know, but uh, people got people pissed off didn't. about it. But I was like, hey, guys, in 2016, they released that one with the original two as well. Yeah. yeah. No, so Zach, silence, silence your logic right now. I yeah, want to be outraged and I'm feeling are... salt everywhere. <laughs> These are three that are in the same universe, which is probably why the fourth isn't included. You know what else they didn't include? The whole series. And then the new adventures of Ghostbusters with, like, the Peter with the earrings and stuff. Yeah. It's not all included. Um, yeah. Mainly throwing that they're not including everything with Ghostbusters' name on it in a box set. Zach, you hush. I want to be upset, and I want to claim sexism. You shush. Hey, but you know what? Ghostbusters, the 2016, won a uh, Teen Choice Award. It also won a shitload of Razzies, so calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Teen Choice Awards, like, if you think about it. Is, that's sad. Like, like the, <laughs> of the youth of this country. The big, <laughs> the big awards, like, those are just the foreign press. Like, the true voice of the people are the, the teens. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now we need to go take a break. And we're going to do some Tide Pod commercials. Uh-oh. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> tide and pods and pods with Tide. That's what you'll have for breakfast. Delicious. Tide and pods and pods. Okay, Arthur, where are you ranking this movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So top three, Ghostbusters, Batman Returns, Edward Scissorhands. Bottom three are Basket Case 2, Scary Movie, and Sundown. Mm. Shut up, Rod. <laughs> what? What? I didn't say uh, kind of in my middle, I got Gremlins, Monster Squad, Lost Boys, and Burbs, and Adam's Family Values. That's not in your middle. <laughs> it's your middle the, upper. Dude, we don't have like a. Yeah, it's middle up. The next section. It's the next episode. Um. Put. It right below Burbs. So right over Adam's Family Values. <laughs> Which is hilarious because Adam's Family Values is a sequel done right. <laughs> yeah. But only one has the Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It just... I, I put it over Evil Dead 2, which is a sequel that's better than the original. <laughs> yeah. Brian, your top three are Ghostbusters, New Nightmare, and Batman Returns. Your bottom three are Terror Train, Scary Movie, and Sundown. Keep going after You can't, can't go any further than Sundown. Returns, Poltergeist, Gremlins, Adam's Family Values, Scrooged, Evil Dead 2, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, could you read read those again? Uh, Zach, I'm trying to place it as he reads it. Poltergeist, Gremlins, Adam Family Values, Scrooge. Uh, I will I will actually put this above Gremlins. Okay. 
more honest of the rankings, I think. There's a little bit of a disappointment factor added in, but uh, it's still pretty damn good. Movie pairings, like a fine wine. We love to suggest a movie to make it an evening together. What are you guys doing with Ghostbusters 2? What are you showing with it? Brian. You know, I was I was I was having some trouble being like, well, I mean, you you could do I did when we did Ghostbusters, did someone say Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2? I'm almost certain of it. Right? Zach, did you did I don't know. I don't have the pairings listed in front of me. Well, but you guys I know Arthur Pick stuff. watching Ghostbusters. I'm, I have a feeling someone did. So I'm going to go with All right. Uh nobody did. Nobody? Polter, you did Poltergeist and Ghostbusters. Zach did Little Shop of Horrors, and I did The huh. Crow. Cool. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, being as I've elected to go first, I'd say we start the night off with Ghostbusters. There it is. And we end it with Ghostbusters too. All right. Happy New Year. <laughs> oh yeah, this. Well, that that is perfectly weird. fine. I I was going to pair I this. Know what with, my backup uh, was? What? Casper. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, Ghostbusters are featured in that movie. Yep. I was going to pair this with uh, Little Shop of Horrors, but I <laughs> used it for Ghostbusters <laughs> 1. So instead, I will pair this with Ghostbusters 2 and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to watch first? Ghostbusters 2 and then okay. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, Brian, which one are you going to watch first? Oh, Ghostbusters uh, 2, the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would watch Ghostbusters Afterlife before I watch Ghostbusters 2, because no, I was saying Afterlife is basically a reminder of the first one. <laughs> all right, so and I'm going to do... Brian and I are getting together to watch all three of them. <laughs> I'm going to do the Arthur un insufferable movie opinion night okay. and do Ghostbusters 2 followed by RoboCop 2. Oh, man. I'm just going to, like, wow. break furniture. Is, that, I... your... is huh? that your Hellraiser night? No, like, I mean, suffering. like, absolute suffering. Like, Robocop 2 is fun as well. We have some sights to show just... us, Arthur. <laughs> I have such sights to show you. No, like, it's like both are good, but I, then you'll just have me going, like, look what they could have done for like hours until it's just, like we're not friends anymore. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> good times. Okay, Brian, so earlier when you asked what I was looking at, I was still on Chris Evans' IMDb page. No, and, moving on. <laughs> Rankings. And I, and I mentioned Little Shop of Horrors. Uh -huh. And apparently they're in pre-production to remake Little Shop of Horrors again. All right. Can't, with can't. Scarlett Johansson as Audrey. Taron Edgerton as Seymour. Chris Evans as Orin. And Billy Porter as Audrey too. All right, so... But now, now I I will never like crap on a movie that's gonna have Scarlett Johansson in it just to see her. But like, I don't know. Hollywood's got a big problem, and they're competing with themselves. You know, I think I've said this before. They've got such a huge library stretching back decades, and when they well, do these a remakes, century at this point, yeah. But like. <laughs> The modern, I'm talking about the like the more modern make, basically at the start of like, basically Talkies. from the 70s on, it's just like, that's what they're really competing with, you know, is the 70s through 
you know, 2000 basically. And they're just like, let's, I mean, doing Little Shop of Horrors again. It's like, okay. You know, this whole, the new Matrix. It's like, whatever. Maybe we can get the uh, Scorsese directed 3D one that they were going to do in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am, you know, remakes are always tricky and stuff like that. I'd like to cut this short. I'm going to go watch West Side Story. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I, I am excited for Chris Evans to play the dentist. I mean, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm, like, yeah. like but I don't. I don't need it remade because I've already seen it. Be. Oh, I've already seen that movie almost perfected. That's a, that's the thing is like I, I know it's not perfect, but like it's pretty damn no, good. Like, the only thing you could impossibly improve on in that movie is the effects, but the effects I, are still great. You know what? Yeah, though? I, don't, I, I don't know the if effects, you can prove on it. The effects will be pissing me off because, like, the uh, the 80s pop is so much better than whatever yeah. we'll think of. Practical yeah. effects, man. I'll I gotta tell you say, what the effect is. The effects piss me off. <laughs> so, anyway, that's that's what I was looking at, and I was just like, hmm. Well, I mean, I don't need to see that. I would dare them to just do practical effects again. It's a dare. Maybe they, maybe they will. That'd be great. Like at that point, that'll put them like at least five points ahead of where they were going to be. It's like, I I don't mind. What I like yeah. about CG is when they're um when it's added to the practical effects, just a smidgen, you know, to yep. smooth yeah. things out. Little rough edges, you smooth those out, it's great. Like, if if they did, here's what I would do. If I was if I was in charge of making that movie, I'd be like, okay, we're going fine. We're doing it again, whatever. Okay, we're doing practical effects for the plant, right? And the yep. vines we're going to have practical effects for. The only supplementary effects with computers will be the vines. Just a little bit on the movement and all that, and that'll be fine. But don't do don't, don't go crazy. We're just going to make sure everything's smoothed out. Nope. That's it. That's it. It's not going to be it though. No, it isn't. No, that the whole Audrey Two is going to be completely CGI, and it's going to be bigger. By the end of the movie, it's going to be way bigger. Kind of like going to take up the whole building. I'm going to watch Kingsman tomorrow night. Kingsman. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Kingsman. Kingsman. Hey, Kingsman. so Brian, you mentioned it. Did you watch the new Matrix? No. Yeah, I'm halfway through it. You're you're fine <laughs> not watching it. There's a testament. <laughs> Like, well, to be fair, Arthur watches stuff in sittings a lot. Well, <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, maybe that's not the reason he stopped watching. Like, when I stop watching something, if it's not entertaining or it's taxing, if it's taxing, I'll be like, I'd rather play a video game at this point or something else. To be fair, mm -hmm. I was trying to get it in before all the Christmas stuff hit and our, we had like... We were doing stuff on Christmas Eve and I had work and stuff. Like, I ran out of time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, there was stuff that I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. But, like, man, that's a lot of something. Like, it's conflicted for sure. So yeah. far. So far, I like well, it better than three. I like it better well, than three. But I, I, I spent my... Uh, well, three and two are kind of, like, I, I'm, I'm in the camp of Matrix 1 was fine. 
just fine. Yeah, just fine. Like not oh. not not like not like the it's, movie itself. The movie itself was no, great, no, no. right? He's saying that fun. they should have not made Matrix Two and Three. They should have oh, made yeah. Matrix One. Yeah, because oh. sometimes standalone stories are awesome and let people's imagination go mm-hmm. on their own. You know, like let me well, tell you something. It, in when it comes to the Star Wars trilogy, the original, some of the best stuff that Star Wars has produced since then is from stuff that isn't movies. Like I, I'm aware of a lot of the extended universe and the role playing stuff way better than the stuff they've produced as films since the original trilogy. But Disney decided they should throw all that out because they probably don't have a lot of merchandising rights, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into that too much. So let's just say like a lot of times, if you let a fandom go on their way with stuff, it works out sometimes. And I think matrix could have been that. Yeah. Just see how things go from a fan perspective or, you know, make some novels from whatnot, you know, people would have eaten that stuff up. So I, I spent my, uh, my Christmas Arthur and my little Christmas time around with, uh, with little, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. So, uh, I watched Man, the Matrix, 8-bit Christmas and I watched eight bit Christmas. Pretty, pretty good. Fun time. Fun little yeah. story. Uh, not Brian. Did you see it? No, no, no spoilers. Uh, at the end, I was a little misty. Yeah, mm, and I was, I was not expecting that. Nope, was not what I was expecting. Very, either. very, very good. Uh, so like, I get worried. Like we talked about it, like direct to network movies, and this was direct HBO. Um, a pretty solid Christmas story for the Nintendo generation, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty much what it was. It was. Christmas Story, Princess Bride meets meets eighties Nintendo. Like yeah, so. nice. Well, good. I mean, HBO. If it's gonna go, if 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 you're gonna have something that goes directly to something that isn't a theater, HBO is the one to go to. Yeah, HBO does it right. Like it's like they don't rush out five hundred series. They do a couple series and they usually do them well. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, uh, I caught Eight Bit Christmas as well. Pretty glad I did. Yep, I figured you caught that, and I thought figured you caught a little. Uh... Harold and Kamar 3D Christmas. Did not get to it this year. Uh, In a busy uh, December. The family watched... Well, uh, the youngest started us off with Ant-Man. Mm. And Ooh. then we watched Gremlins. Yes. Ooh. And then the next day, we watched uh, Die Hard. As you should. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Everybody leave the Twinkie cigarettes and bullets in the the ducks for John McClane. Yeah. That was my Um, viewing. We watched uh, Christmas Chronicles. I hadn't seen it before. Uh, The first one? Christmas night. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, oh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, it was it, we got it was some good 80s Kurt Russell reaction yeah. to some of the action. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was very animated, which was nice. Um, Jack Burton, me, Santa Claus, <laughs> Claus <laughs> me, throws a knife back at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sequel should have been him like Big Trouble in Easter Land or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Having to fight his way through the <laughs> Easter Bunny's kingdom or something. Awesome. Oh, you know, right. Decided to check out, you know, uh, 
matchmaker Santa. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> you you missed yeah. it. See, after we did our show and we and we searched our stuff, uh, I guess YouTube got wind of my search and decided that it wanted to let me know that if I wanted to watch a whole bunch of Christmas Hallmark movies, they had them available. Amazing. <laughs> so, Felice Navidad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, anybody planning on marathoning Terror Train on Chris on New Year's Eve just to celebrate the season? Just leave it no. on. No. Leave it on loop. <laughs> no. Well, Zach, what are we watching? Uh coming back at the start of the year. Uh are we doing are we doing January or whatnot? When's your schooling kick in? Uh, next week. Okay. First and I'll be out from Tuesday to Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Are we doing a January movie? So we could take next week off and then we that's, can and, and that's totally that. fine. Are we doing a January movie? Yeah, but it's not going to have anything to do with January. Well, that's okay. fine. Say it then. We are going to keep our sequel train rolling. Uh-oh. And we are going to watch the sequel to the movie that started off the Lost Remote podcast. We are going to do Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. The other mm. side. Here come the metaphysics. It, I'm going to go it, nuts. <laughs> yep. And it'll be another first time viewing for Arthur, I'm sure. Uh, correct. Oh, this are you is the serious? season of Arthur's first time. Yeah, I've I've only watched Poltergeist through this. Arthur, I got to say one thing about this movie. Uh, in my personal opinion, this movie, to me, I feel has one of the creepiest images in it of all the horror. Huh? Let's go. Yeah. HBO Max. Yep. yep currently on HBO Max. Uh, you better make sure of that because I believe Poltergeist One is leaving at the end of the month. Well, I'll just get it knocked out. Because I saw it on the list. I love HBO's list of hey, this stuff's leaving this month. Yeah, and I the uh, roll across leaving? that thing. What is it? Last chance. Yeah, last chance. Every one of you guys out there, should any of you ever pick this thing up for whatever reason, please add that because that is my favorite section to search. Yeah. Oh, there's a documentary on Bob Einstein. Oh, I watched uh, the documentary on, um, I think it was on HBO, actually. It's probably still on there. Um, oh, what's her face? Oh, no, I've forgotten it. But Super Dave and Marty Funkhauser uh, on Curb. I love, I love him. Uh, the chick from Clueless... Alicia Silverstone? No, the other one, the one that's dead. Oh, oh yeah. Brittany, Brittany Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, they had a they have a, a two-part documentary on the... Yeah. The Torkelson. Like, well, I'm going to check this out, because all I know is that she's dead. Yeah. She was a sweetheart. Yep. That little that little giggle, you know, she was in uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, of course. Mm-hmm. You'll probably get pissed off if you watch it. Yeah. I got agitated. Well, that sounds like a good time. Just... All right, so HBO Max, hopefully. No, we'll figure it out. But cool. 
Uh, anything else to add, guys? End of the year? Stuff you're going to change next year about yourself or something else? We're doing resolutions. We'll do them when we come back. Yes, I have a resolution. Okay. I'm going to get a job. Nice. <laughs> After my super extended vacation of being a, a man of leisure. Look out, world. I'm back. Brian's back. And he's bringing, <laughs> he's bringing a resume. <laughs> they killed my dog. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get a job. <laughs> I'm going to need a health plan. <laughs> what can we get you? How about retirement benefits? Match 3% first five years. Matching six after. <laughs> He plays by one set of rules. His employers. (laughs) (laughs) He is average Joe. (laughs) (laughs) It's his way or the highway. No, I was trying to do it. It's like, it's his wage or the minimum wage. That's the one. Huh? No, I, the last thing I have is I also watched the uh, Superstore episode where uh, Amy gets drunk and goes to her <laughs> ex-husband's girlfriend's house. Pretty fun. <laughs> and then stills. You you forget the best part is that their carts die and they have to oh, wait yeah. for them to charge. <laughs> uh, what do you put in this coffee? Is it crap? Because it's awful. Also, tell me what it is. Do you grind your own beans? Do you roast them? <laughs> and, and by the way, this is terrible, but can you please top it off? <laughs> yeah. Creamy. Yeah, creamy in the house. Creamy in the house. Who's creamy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Love that show. Yeah, I watched it too. I also watched Benny Hanna Christmas and I texted you guys for the amazing yep. director shout out on there. Harold Ramis had directed that. Pretty neat. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know about resolutions. Uh Hopefully at some point I can turn off my phone during movies and relax again instead of being on call all the time. That would be a plus. Yay. I would like to get my attention span back. Never. Never. Zach, you got a self-improvement coming? (laughs) No. Perfect. Good. (laughs) Wouldn't have wanted any other way. All right, guys. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, Brian, take us home. I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know. Fine. Oh, okay. (laughs) Do it. Just remember, everybody, being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. Happy New Year.